Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome back to the Red Sox On Deck Prospect Podcast. This is episode 24. I'm your host, Bob Osgood, joined by Shelly Verstrait. Shelly, big doubleheader yesterday, and uh, we're off and running here in this big three-game set in the Bronx, huh? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know how you feel about that doubleheader, but it was kind of a buzzkill. <laughs> um, I was you know, in a terrible mood all day yesterday. Let's put it that way. <laughs> uh, yes, I mean, I just, I was like, I had like my. When I was at the office, I had my iPad over to the, you know, to the side, and I was, like, kind of watching. And, I mean, I I leave the office at 4 p.m. Eastern. Um, so, I'm seeing that the time is getting closer. And, like, at 4 p.m., like, I look over, and, like, it's bases loaded, zero outs, right? So, I'm, yep. like, I, I, I am, you know, my you know, my uh, best friend, you know, at the office, like, do I leave now? She's not a baseball fan whatsoever. And she's like, yeah, you can't. So, yeah, I had to stay over and watch them just totally not do anything. So, yay, fun times. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yeah, that was tough. I was feeling the same thing. It was definitely taking a call on mute around that time. And, you know, three hours doesn't seem that long for a Yankees-Red Sox game until you realize that they played six and a half innings in three hours. And, yep, sounds like a Yankees-Red Sox game. <laughs> yep. Um, and I can... Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'll save it for the off season or something, but the seven inning doubleheaders, there's just something that doesn't feel right about paying customers getting 22% less baseball just because it rained the night before or something like that. But in general, it's just, you know, the, the, the seven inning games, there's just so much more pressure <laughs> along with it. You know, you, you see Whitlock coming in in the fifth and what's going on here. And you got Taylor coming in in the fifth and it's, it's really the seventh, you know, and it just everything feels like it's so much more under a microscope. And then in the night game, wasn't a whole lot better. They lost 2-0 there. Um, and we're recording at the, the start of the third game, so I'm hoping. I'm not going to bring the negative vibe again this week like I did last week. I'm going to try to be <laughs> positive, but it's definitely tough. It's been It's been a tough three weeks now for just such an exciting start to the season um and even post all-star break you know it's great that they have some teams that they'll be playing that are under 500 down the stretch but even if you win that game those games how excited are you if you sneak in the playoffs beating some of the teams that were outside of the um of the playoff picture when we couldn't take care of business against tampa and toronto and new york and those are the teams that you would see in a potential one game playoff and beyond so hoping that we can get back to where we were it seems like just in some of the clutch stats uh both from a hitting and pitching perspective are uh obscene <laughs> that i've seen recently you know under pressure on both sides of the ball right now is just has not been great so um you know shelly and i are going to be talking a little bit more about the big league club over the last month and a half of the season while still definitely having an aspect of each episode to focus on the minor leagues but you know so many of the players that that we were excited about in the early goings and talking about when is someone going to get called up between Whitlock and Hauk and Duran and those guys are all up with the big league team now so we're talking a little bit about those players and some of the transactions that have happened recently and then we'll talk a little bit about the baseball america rankings that came out um in the past week with where the, the red sox were listed in, out of the top 30 there uh and then focus on a couple of interesting prospects that we haven't highlighted in a while if at all so um 
Before we do that, if you want to leave us a five-star rating and review on the platform that you listen to the Over the Monster podcast, that is appreciated. have a lot of different podcasts here, all within the same feed. You have the Over the Monster with Matt Collins and Brian Joyner, the Red Seat with Jake Devereaux and Keaton DeRocher, and the Precap that Shelly does with Keaton as well. Uh, I know you've been doing those solo lately, Shelly. That must be a, a, a good time, right? Uh, yeah, it's a very interesting time, um, but yeah, I've been, I've been kind of enjoying it. I'll yeah. be doing another one, uh, I think another two this week before Keaton returns, so yeah, it's yeah. been a interesting kind of uh, adventure. Awesome, yeah. All right, so some transactions over the last week. You can let me know kind of which ones interest you. I know Connor Wong was up for three days while Christian Vasquez was on a bereavement leave, but he's been sent back down, AAA. Um, Tanner Houck was called up and then sent back down on August 12th and then he was recalled on August 17th for as the 27th man in the doubleheader I kind of it's hard for me to figure out exactly what they're doing there because I know that the pitchers have to stay down for 15 days as opposed to hitters who have to stay down for 10 days unless they're replacing someone on the IL and I know that Houck was still at Yankee Stadium uh, today with the team so it makes me think that he'll be starting or relieving somewhere in between even though I know they have some off days before the 28th when he would be eligible if it was those 15 days so I don't know if they anticipate or just think that someone might be going on the aisle at some point in between it's hard for me to totally tell that but I'd like to see him just kind of stay up and pitch in relief between starts and that was the same thing that I was mentioning last week between um, late July and early August when they did the same thing and he ended up missing a start that went to Perez or Richards in the meantime that would have been a valuable game to have right now yeah um yeah I agree uh but they're there I think the Red Sox are really doing something kind of interesting uh, especially with like a lot of like these double hitters they're calling whenever they like demote Hauk they call him up as like the you know, the 27th man or whatever. So right. I don't really think that it really works with he needs to stay down for like 10 days. So I, I really think that the Red Sox are just really trying to uh, just play just roster games. Um, I think that how will is, is still a starter, but they're kind of using the double hitters as a way to kind of lengthen the roster um yeah. one other man for a couple of days yeah and i'm sure that the three off days that they have over these this week and next has a lot to do with that uh and you are right they keep calling them up and i i think that on that 27th man um those being seven inning games that's almost made for Hauk because they don't want him to go the third time through the lineup so if they can get him to the fourth or fifth inning he's almost the perfect guy to start in a doubleheader while they still have this ridiculous rule this year um, so there's definitely, I mean, there's some thought behind it, but I would like to see him pitching in relief, even if he doesn't make a start because of the off days in between. Um, some other transactions, Marwin Gonzalez was designated for assignment on August 13th upon the return of, uh, or I guess first appearance, but return from the IL this season from Kyle Schwarber. And Schwarber actually was taking some ground balls at first base today before the game for the first time in a couple of weeks when I think the, the first time that he was trying that out, felt some tightness, so they 
Um, have just been having him as the designated hitter so far. They're hoping to work him in in the outfield later this week and potentially a first base option later on based on the fact that he was taking ground balls. So that's good to see that he at least feels comfortable doing that at this point. Uh, another first baseman who was claimed off of waivers uh, from Milwaukee was Travis Shaw, who plays a little bit of third and can play second base in a pinch. Franchi Cordero was sent to the minors along with that move uh, and a couple others. Of course, Chris Sale was activated from the 60-day IL on the 14th, and Matt Andres was returning after his rehab from the IL but was then designated for assignment on the 17th. So, Shelley, any thoughts on... Sale, Schwarber, Cordero, Andres, Gonzalez, Shaw, uh, anything that you wanted to add or anything that is surprising to you from that group? Um, sadly, I think this, uh, especially with, you know, claiming Shaw off waivers and, uh, you know, just Schwarber coming back, uh, you know, we have JD playing the outfield. I'm afraid that, uh, Bobby Dahlbeck is not going to be long for this for this uh, for this roster. Um, I just don't really know really? how all of those pieces fit. Um, I mean, maybe we could just kind of see how Shaw kind of does, and then maybe just DFA him. But yeah, it's a lot of like the same type of guy, um, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, I I think that what are they? 13 days from September, they'll get a couple of extra roster spots. So maybe that allows them to have, I mean, Christian Arroyo is another one, right? He's got to be within a week of coming back. Oh, yeah. I think they're sending him out on a, on a rehab assignment. And that's another one. That's another infielder. I don't think we'll see the first base experiment again, but he, uh, I think, you know, he'll get mixed in at second base a little bit, but they, they'll have that extra spot to play with and we'll probably add a pitcher. I mean, I would anticipate they have 14 hitters and 14 pitchers in September. So maybe that's where they're anticipating Shaw and Schwarber and Arroyo. Um, but, I I mean, you're right. If Dahlbeck does go into a slump and he has a 36% K rate this year and he has a 38% K rate as a major leaguer and only has 14 home runs in 99 games, you know, he, he needs to have about... 25 home runs in 99 games to justify a 36% K rate. He has been hot lately at a couple at a great series against Baltimore. So we'll see. I mean, it's definitely a possibility if he goes into a slump again and Arroyo's playing well and Shaw hits a little bit, you could see that happen. Um, I, I root for the guy. Hope he sticks around, but um, definitely a possibility. Um, so yeah, any, any other transactions. I mean, Marwin Gonzalez, I don't think that was a huge surprise. He was hitting around 200, and I think it was probably about time. Same thing with Cordero. I think they tried that a second time. Didn't really work out too well. They had a few good games early on, but just, and I don't know, defensively, I couldn't watch him in the field anymore. I'd rather have J.D. Martinez, Kyle Schwarber, anybody play in the field over Franchi after a couple of plays that I saw out there. So, do hope that we see him again and things work out for him next year, but probably not in 2021. Uh, all right, so looking ahead at the Baseball America, they called midseason MLB organization talent rankings. 
they had the Red Sox ninth on that list, and in the top 100, uh, Tristan Cassis was 20th, Duran 22nd, and Marcelo Meyer was 32nd on that list. So those are the three that kind of lead that list that they have in the top 100. Uh, it's behind a paywall, so we won't give away too much of this article, although I highly recommend a Baseball America subscription to anybody. But the uh, th- they mentioned Tristan Cassius, uh, looking like a m- potential middle-of-the-order cornerstone who can hit for average and power, and mentioned the addition of Marcelo Meyer with the fourth pick um, that obviously gives them a big jolt into the top third. Uh, Shelly, what did you think of the ranking? Do you think that seemed fair? I guess, first off, what did you think of the ranking uh, of ninth out of 30? Yeah, I mean, when I opened up the article, um, I did not expect the the Red Sox to be ninth. I did not expect them to be 10th, like, you know, top 10. Um, I'm wondering if a lot of it has to do with Cassis and Duran, especially with Duran, with how close he is. Well, he's in the major leagues right now, but right. So just how far some of our quote-unquote like top prospects are. But yeah, I was extremely surprised to see um, Baseball America has us our farm system ranked ninth. Uh, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I think what you said there might be affected by the impending graduation from rookie uh, status that Duran has. I think he's probably been up about. 35 or so days at this point so I think once it's at 45 days or 130 at bats that he would graduate from that so within a week or so uh, he wouldn't be on that list and I still think that they probably would be in the top half at that point I think they were closer to 20 a year ago and then made some trades around the deadline with trading out you know Hembry and Pilar and players like that and and getting a lot in return and then the Benintendi trade. So they've definitely um, created a lot more depth, which we've talked about throughout the year. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think if it's just Cassis and Meyer that are in the top 100, then they probably won't be ninth. Maybe they'll be 12th or something like that. But I wasn't as surprised. I guess it's the first place that I've kind of seen acknowledge that. But, um, you know, the only thing that would give me some pause is just the lack of pitching depth. Uh, with all of the injuries that they've had. But in return for that, they've kind of had some pitchers um, like Bayo and Murphy uh, and Wilkeming Gonzalez and pitchers like that that have emerged this year. So some of them have replaced the Mattas and Wards. And, you know, Seabold is probably in their top 10 prospects as well. So I wasn't shocked by it. Uh, It was good to see an acknowledgement of the work that has gone in over the last two years. We'll, we'll miss Aldo, but that's another name that could have been in there. Um, I guess along with that, kind of any teams that are in the top 10 for you that seem too high or too low in that list? Um, I mean, I thought the top 10 was, I mean, kind of okay. Um, but the, the Marlins being at 12 kind of shocked me. Like, I definitely thought they would be top 10. Um, sure. I mean, I... I I am in love with any type of like Marlins pitchers and that's basically what their from system is basically just built on which you know just look at just look at the Braves who you know what five six years ago that was their their from system was built on pitchers and they have kind of you know a little scuffled a little bit so 
So maybe I'm just like too just like just bought in with the Marlins. Um, but they're I I was surprised that they were uh, 12. Yeah. So probably without Duran, that's a team that you would maybe they would slot right behind the Marlins once Duran was no longer a prospect for you. Yeah. Uh, at 12th, yeah. I mean, you see Sixto Sanchez and Max Meyer, Jesus Sanchez, Jake Eater, who has been has really emerged as a pitching prospect, uh, Edward Cabrera, Khalil Watson, and then just so many guys that they've already developed between Lopez and Alcantara, and they got a factory going there. And then a guy that is not on the list, um, Yuri Perez, right? That's one of the – I believe he was a Marlins yes. – he's a Marlins prospect yep. as well, who mm-hmm. might be the best of the bunch but is just a little bit – younger maybe in low a at this point but he has had electric stuff this year so i can definitely see that um some of my takeaways it was interesting to see tampa and the dodgers who have fallen down the list a little bit and it's not a knock on their farm systems but more just having all those prospects graduate this year you know the the rays were at seventh and they were one or two on most lists a year ago at this time, even three months ago. Um, losing Wanda Franco, Rosa Rania, Luis Patino, Shane McClanahan, who all are no longer um, have their prospect status in there, but they still have Shane Boz and Fidel Brujan, Xavier Edwards, Josh Lowe are some of the names that you see in there. And then Dodgers fallen all the way to 15 between having some graduations as well as... Um, some of the players like Josiah Gray that went to Washington in the Scherzer and Trey Turner deal. So it was interesting to see those who have been at the top for several years now kind of falling down that list a little bit. Um, one that is fairly terrifying to me is the San Francisco Giants, who have the best record in baseball, which is arguably the best story of the year in the major leagues, but also have the fifth best um, midseason org talent rankings on this list. Um, with Marco Luciano, uh, catcher Joey Bart, Elliot Ramos, Luis Matos, Kyle Harrison, um, and just a whole litany of other players that they have below that in the top five with the best record in baseball. The Giants seem to really be doing everything right and are set up for success and don't have a whole lot of uh, household names on their major league team, but are just grinding out wins against the Dodgers and the Padres, which was all we talked about in the offseason. And there are the Giants, you know, several games ahead of both of those teams. So they are a scary bunch out there in the in the NL West that fortunately we don't have to play 18 times a year or anything like that. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I mean, the Dodgers have just been uh, a, a great system, like, for years. Uh, but I agree with you. Uh, the Giants, uh, they are extremely scary. They have so much talent, but yet they're still competitive. Ugh. The Giants are the new Dodgers, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I, they're just, they're just it, churning out talent at the minor league level, but then also producing at the major league level. That's what you want. They, they are the new Dodgers. I feel like they talk. I, I listen to uh, the Rates and Barrels podcast quite a bit and i know that you know saris who lives out in that area talks so much just about the scouting and just the game preparation that they do day after day kind of behind the scenes and i'm sure they're not giving away too many of their secrets but he talks so much about that because they're just getting the most out of these brandon crawford and brandon belt and buster posey being rejuvenated at that age i mean they're just they are clearly doing a lot of things behind the scenes to keep these players um just 
healthy and prepared for every game and it's just such a good story so um yeah so those were our takeaways from that article and we're gonna go through some notable performances over the past week uh gyro munoz who we talked about at length last week his hitting streak finally ended at 35 games broke the the record in the red sox organization uh in the, in the minor leagues at 35 games more than than anyone uh historically so hat tip to gyro hopefully we see him at some point as we've said we're not expecting him to you know tear the cover off the ball at the major league level but it would just be good to see what he can offer uh, although a couple of the players that they've brought in recently may uh, prevent that from happening <clears throat> some other good notable performances over the last week nick york had a 21 game hit streak that finally ended on august 13th um, had three hitless games since that time but then returned yesterday with uh, two for five game and a home run on um, tuesday night in that 21 game hit streak he hit 386 with four homers 16 rbis and 18 runs and after a pretty miserable first month of the season his season line looks great i mean his slash line is at 312 405 471 so on base 41 percent of the time walk percentage of 12 k percentage of only 14 has 11 steals i mean what else could we ask for here for york you have to think that the promotion is probably impending um you know hopefully by labor day so that we can just get a little taste of of him in high a even though i know that he's only about 18 years old maybe 19 uh 19 yeah yeah uh, oops sorry go ahead uh, no i i am just um man i just love whenever i open up like box scores uh you know, every other day, something like that, just seeing how well he's doing because he's one of the younger players, even in low A, and just knowing just how well he is hitting, it just, it's so great. I'm, it was, a, it was, yeah, it was a, maybe a cost-saving uh, draft pick, you know, in the, in the, in the first round last year, but it was a really good pick. This guy can hit i'm so excited <laughs> yeah totally agree uh two great pitching performances from the last week from uh chi young lu who had 10 strikeouts in five innings um only giving up one hit two walks and one run and he had one miserable outing earlier in the season that kind of um you know has he has some misleading stats as a result of that but if you throw that one outing out lou has been really good since getting promoted up to low a yeah it was an eight run outing in two-thirds of an inning so that'll do a number on your ratios but uh since that he has thrown four five and five innings giving up one zero and one run respectively he had 10 k's in the last outing so you know if you throw that outing uh, with eight runs out he's given up 11 runs and 32 innings in his other starts this season so uh, along with that chris murphy i know you're a big fan of his shelly uh he had seven strikeouts in seven innings giving up just a hit and a walk and no runs and was supposedly throwing touching 98 miles an hour in that start and he had been called up to double a for the first time and it's not like his numbers were um otherworldly at high a but it was kind of time to just see if his stuff would translate to double a and it seems like he has landed there pretty comfortably and trying to prove that he's not just a, a bullpen arm in the future yeah yeah you know i'm a like a big murphy fan so seeing like these uh these 
he's made three starts in in double a just seeing how he has performed so well uh so far um uh, i'm just like extremely just so happy like the walks are down again it's three starts but his walks are down um his strikeouts are up it's great um yeah. so yeah just both of these guys just you know shoving it i just i love to see it yeah definitely and i know the key with him is to keep the home runs down as well and obviously giving up one hit and no runs did not give up any uh in in the game on uh on tuesday night he had given up three home runs in his first two outings at double a but looks like he's adjusting pretty well uh we'll talk briefly about jeter downs who we talked more in depth about last week and the possibility of whether a demotion whether it would do more harm than good based on the fact that he had not really played a whole lot at the double a level but hit a home run on both ends of the double header on tuesday so we will keep thing po- things positive uh, with jeter downs but prior to that it had certainly been a rough stretch for the past month where he had been hitting under 100 so um you know going back to july 13th prior to yesterday he had an 096 average he was nine for 94 um in the the five weeks prior to that so hopefully this gets him going a little bit one of the home runs was off of Corey kluber who was on a rehab assignment and just kind of hoping that we can see the some improvement and i know the strikeouts weren't great shelly the month before like you outlined last week yeah yeah i i i mean i was encouraged with like these you know these couple of home runs but yeah he he I don't think that we are going to see Jeter Downs in the major leagues for quite a long time. Like, he still has some work to do. Yep. yep. Agree with that. All right, so a player that you wanted to highlight in the minor leagues, take it away, a player from Greenville, a pitcher that you've been uh, really interested in this year. Yeah, so there's, um, as, as some of you might know that I used to do, um, like daily, just prospect kind of like recaps on Twitter. So, you know, I would look at every team's like box scores and just kind of whatever. Um, and there was a guy, um, you know, on the Red Sox. I'm like, who is this guy? And I really felt like, how do I not know who this guy is? But this guy, he is a, uh, 24 year old, uh, left-hander. Um, uh, Brandon Walter, you need to, you know, just keep your eyes out on this guy. Um, he, you know, we selected him in the 26th round of the 2019 draft. So 797th overall, and he's just been absolutely killing it. Um, you know, he was, you know, he's a lefty. He was a starter in college, but he pitched at Delaware. So it wasn't really a really highly competitive collegiate league. Um, but, uh, but he still performed well, like in the last, you know, the last two seasons of his collegiate career, you know, his ERA went down, his strikeouts went up. We took a gamble on him and... You know, then the pandemic happened. Um, but since then, he has seen a, dramas- a, a drastic velocity jump. You know, he went from the upper 80s. He Now he is sitting mid-90s, touching 97. 
Um, he has three pitches that he, you know, has a good feel for all three of those pitches. Um, and the command, the command is like really good. I mean, he has the chance to be a back end starter. Like this guy, I, I'm just like so excited about this guy. Yeah, he's not going to be like an ace or anything, but just knowing that the Red Sox have another kind of, you know, a back-end number three type of starter here who has shown a total, like, velocity jump um, and just everything. You need to keep your eyes out on uh, Brandon Walter. Yeah, and his... You, know, you take a quick look at his Fangraphs page, the, the K per nine, he was 13 and a half at low A and then over 14 in 34 innings at high A, and the walk rate is good. I mean, you said the, the command has been impressive. It's been under two walks per nine, only he's given up a couple of home runs. Looks like five home runs over 75 innings. So, you know, a little bit older. He's at 24 at high A, and I really am looking forward. Hopefully he continues to get that bump to see uh, what he can do at the higher levels, but all you can ask for, for somebody, especially after a year off, which we've talked so much about, there's a ton of players that are a year older than they should be at their levels. Um, all he's done is is pitch great the whole year and seems to be going pretty deep into games and, and striking people out at a high rate, 100 strikeouts in, 70, in excuse me, 65 innings, so can't beat that. <laughs> I wonder if anyone it beats that in the whole level, uh, in the whole minor league system. So, yeah, that's that's a great call there. Um, so my name that was gonna the uh, player that I was gonna highlight is Ronaldo Hernandez, who is a catcher at Portland, and he came over in the Jeff Springs and Chris Mazza deal to Tampa Bay, and kind of seemed like at the time that they got a bit of a steal for two pitchers that we probably didn't need the Red Sox didn't need with Springs and Mazza they were kind of depth pieces that were fringe on the 40 man now Hernandez is someone that they had to add to the 40 man because he had been drafted several years back or five six years back that he had come over uh, he came over with Nick Sogard who actually has hit 10 home runs this year between Greenville and Portland and has two grand slams in the past five days and I saw a note I think it was the Sox prospect site that said that he had not hit a home run in any level and then has 10 this year so that's you know nick sogard more of an organizational piece but it was interesting that he came over there too because he's had just an insane past week but ronaldo hernandez turned in 24 this fall and he was more like arm and power first catcher and i know that had some questionable framing and receiving and who knows how far away if ever we are from robot umps but i don't think it's going to be here in the next couple of years so he gives me a little bit of pause i just think that it's not someone that we have talked about a whole lot because he's just kind of had a fairly average season so far you know with his splits he's hitting 188 against left-handers and he's hitting 256 against right-handers he has 11 home runs in 72 games which is pretty good um 3.4 percent walk rate which isn't great 19.8 percent k rate um, which is fine. So Hernandez, you know, I'm not giving some sort of hot take one way or the other, but it's just someone that we haven't really talked about a whole lot. And I'm just not positive that he is the catcher of the future. And I'm not sure about Connor Wong either. It's kind of one position that for me, I feel like I'm not, I'm not positive 
what the future holds, whether they might end up signing a free agent somewhere or extending Vasquez for two more years while they try to figure that out. Uh, just some of the reports I've read on Hernandez, I'm not positive that he can be that everyday catcher for the team. So uh, just figured we'd bring someone up that we haven't talked about a whole lot this year. Uh, so we'll save a couple other items for next week. You can reach us on Twitter. I am at Bob Osgood 15. Shelly is at Shelly V underscore six, four, three. Uh, anything that you wanted to promote or anything that we missed on the agenda or that I missed that you want to talk about this week, Shelly? Um, not really. Um, I'm just hoping that our, you know, major league squad can get it together. Uh, cause it's been a rough, what, month, right? Yeah. yeah. And I just saw a score out of the corner of my eye that... Yeah, you don't uh, want to watch that. Yeah. Especially go. going up against Andrew Heaney, and uh, we can't we can't do anything there. So. Yeah, it kind of yep. stinks. So. Yep. All right, well, I'll go to bed angry again tonight. And for <laughs> Shelly, this is Bob Osgood, so thanks, everyone, for joining, and we'll talk to you next week.